This episode of No Filter is brought to you by Rebel Natural. Are you in need of a glow up? Of course you are. How about skin that is silky smooth to the touch? Yes, please. Well, Rebel Natural offers all natural beauty products that contain five ingredients or less. That is just lit. These products are hella luxurious and cruelty-free. Check them out today at www.rebelnatural.com and use offer code KARMA for 10% off your purchase. That's R-E-B-E-L-L-E-N-A-T-U-R-E-L-L-E. Rebel Natural, where boho vibes meet unconventional beauty. Now, let's start the show. Yes, we are back for another episode of No Filter. Yay! So many things to talk about. I mean, every week the list just grows. It's so many things to talk about and I have to pick and decide what things are the most important for me. And so um, I have those things for you today and I'm excited. But first I want to talk about therapy. So I went to therapy last week, and I have to say it was one of the best decisions I've made in my adult life. And I stand by this statement. I think everybody, every living person needs to go to therapy. I don't care how you feel about it. You need to go. And my main question is, how can you not go to therapy? How? Look at the lives we live. So busy, so many people we encounter every day, so many traumatic experiences. How can you not think to go to therapy? So um, I went. Love my therapist. She's an older um, black woman. She's not too old, not too young. I, you know, didn't want somebody my age and I didn't want somebody who was like 60 plus only because I feel like we're going to be on two different levels as far as the things we're going to agree on and disagree on and don't get me wrong I don't want my therapist to agree with me on every everything but I do want us to have similar ideals and I just have to be real some people that are in the baby baby boomer generation they just don't have the same ideals as I do as a millennial and that's okay sometimes Um, but I didn't want a therapist who was going to give me advice that was kind of like eh, outdated, if you will. Um, so she's probably in her late forties. Um, she's a badass. Like she calls me on my shit all the time. She gathers me, she gets me together. She puts me in check. Um, and that's what I like about her. She gave me a homework assignment. I have to write in my journal, which I thought was super cute. And I'm like, I haven't written in a journal and I don't know when, probably since I was in high school. And my mom definitely found my journal and confronted me about some things that I wrote in there because I wrote some things in there about her. <laughs> so that was a little awkward. But I'm writing in a journal again. And believe it or not, it's very therapeutic. And it's not just like I went to the store today and then, you know, whatever. It's about real stuff that you're actually feeling. So um, I thought that was super cool. And so anyway, I recommend that everyone goes to therapy. Um, I know in the black community, it's super taboo to talk about therapy for some reason. We don't like talking about therapy. If you say that you want to go to a therapist, everybody thinks you're crazy. Why can't you just pray it away? Why can't you just sit down somewhere and um, relax and laugh and be happy? Um, Why don't you go have a drink? All of the advice that's just not the advice that you need to hear. Sometimes you need to talk to somebody who is objective, not your parents, not your family, not your friends, somebody who has no stake in this thing somebody who is not going to be affected by your emotions or your feedback someone who is going to give you an unbiased opinion that's what I need so the reason I went to therapy is because I am 31 um I'm at a turning point in my life I'm about to be married um when you hit your 30s you just your life changes I wanted to talk to somebody about um 
some of the frustrations I've been having. And so I feel like this is a great tool. But being black and being in therapy is just like a scarlet letter. Like you have a scarlet letter on your chest. It's like, what you in therapy? For what? And as much as I love my parents, um, I feel like they're pretty progressive for the time that they grew up in. Um, that Both of them asked me, what are you in therapy for? And I guess that's kind of a normal question to ask, but it was, you know, they didn't try to discourage me. Um, but that, that kind of was the question that I got all across the the board from people was, what are you, what are you doing in therapy? Oh, and they kind of, you know, didn't really ask more about it. They just were like, oh, okay. If that's what you want to do, girl. <laughs> and so actually that is what I want to do. And so now I'm going to be like the poster child for black people in therapy, because I think of all people in the country, black people are the people that need to go to therapy. Hello. How much traumatic stuff have we been through? I happen to believe we're all suffering from PTSD. I mean, just having to look at multiple shootings, police involved shootings on the Internet for the past, what, 10 years now, um, back to back to back. Um, you know, that little thing called slavery, uh, you know, institutionalized racism, prison, um, you know, constantly being sent to prison. Uh, every, all this stuff that happens to us that we don't get to talk about. That if we do talk about, it's like we're being the victim or playing the race card. Um, We need to talk to somebody about it because we're all going crazy. And that's just the truth. So um, I encourage encourage everyone to find a therapist. Um, Your insurance, if you have insurance, they will pay for it. You have to find somebody in your network, depending on what kind of insurance you have. And go get your life. Go be free. Go get that therapy. It's much needed. There's no shame in it. And I think everybody needs to do it. Okay? Okay. Moving on. Okay, stop the press. Lil Wayne has a new album. That's right. Lil Wayne. Weezy F, baby. Yes. The Carter Five is now available, ladies and gentlemen. It is the sequel to the Carter Four, obviously. But we've been waiting for years for this album to come out. Um, And obviously, there's been a lot of legal issues. Baby, he's been wilding. He's trying to keep us from the greatness that is Lil Wayne. And I have a problem with that because, baby, why? Something in the milk ain't clean with you. And we're going to figure out what it is. When they release that cash money biopic, that's what we're going to find out the real truth. Because you got some you got some stuff going on. You got some shit with you. How do you go from kissing Lil Wayne in, in the mouth to not letting him release music? That's what I'm trying to understand. Because he did release some music in 2015. It was a mixtape. Sorry for the wait. But we wanted an album. We wanted a full album. We wanted that cash money, bling, bling, 500 degrees, 400 degrees, all the degrees. And we couldn't get that because of you, because you wanted to be petty. Um, So I have a problem with that. But luckily, we're here now. We have good music. There's a lot of tracks on there that I like. Okay, let's be clear. If I had to use uh, flame emojis to describe how I feel about this album, I'd give it a, um, let's say, a good two and a half flames out of five. This is not Wayne's greatest album. I can be honest and say that. It's just not. It's just definitely not. But I'm glad he's here. I'm glad he's here. Um, One of my favorite tracks. Is uproar. That's the song that's playing right now. Um, Swiss Beats is obviously on the track because this beat sounds like it's from early two thousands. Can definitely do the Harlem Shake to this joint. Um, it's like that. Then you have a couple of other songs. Um, Mona Lisa, Kendrick is on that. He snapped on the track. Famous featuring Regine, which is his daughter. And I thought that was a real cute track. Um, and she actually sounded good. Like she sounded really good on there. So. Um, I was glad they could do that together. 
Um, there are a couple of other tracks mm, that are so-so. I had to skip over the Nikki track, but I finally came back to listen to it today. And um, it was all right, you know. All right, so I'll leave it up to y'all to decide if you like it or not. For me, it's a no. It's going to be a no for me, dog. Um, They both sound like they may be on something. Um, I prefer when Nikki doesn't sing. You know, genuinely, I prefer when she doesn't talk, sing, rap, do anything. But that's just me. So, um... I can do without it. But here's the point. I'm glad Wayne is back. I'm glad he stepped back into the booth. I'm glad he's put down the double cups. I I don't know. Hopefully he has put down the double cups. I need him to spice up his life, get out more, smile more. If he needs to go to treatment, go to treatment. Retwist them dreads. Scrub up, scrub a dub up a little bit. Looks a little, (laughs) looks a little dusty. And get back, get it back. We need that bling bling wang. Okay, so I'm just glad he's back. And so, I don't know, maybe you guys can give me some feedback on what you thought about the album. But I'm just glad we finally got a Carter 5. So, that's that on that. Um, But I really want to go more into the beef with Wayne and Baby. And to talk about what happened between them. Because... Baby was going around calling Lil Wayne his son for our entire lives. And then all of a sudden they're beefing. And I just, I'm disturbed by that. I'm My childhood is ruined at this point. And so back in 2014, Wayne started tweeting. He started sending off these tweets. I want off the label. I don't want anything to do with these people. But unfortunately, it ain't that easy, he said. That's back in 2014. Um, he also says to all my fans, I want you to know that my album won't and hasn't been released because Baby and Cash Money Records refused to release it. So at this point, he's calling he's calling people out. He's letting the fans know it's not his fault. It's their fault, basically. Um, so then he gets into a lawsuit, $51 million lawsuit against Cash Money, uh, basically saying Birdman is in violation of, of the terms of their contract and withholding the album from being released and he wanted to terminate his contract and baby was acting like Suge Knight basically not letting him do anything not letting him off the contract just holding withholding music withholding money um so then they're not they're not on speaking terms you know a year goes by it's 2015 they're not on speaking terms um he and you know little Wayne is going around doing interviews saying he would release music if he could but he can't so then in 2015, March 2015, Wayne, this is a Birdman um, diss, releases a Birdman diss um, in an up next cipher. And so he basically says, and saying, hit him up to my daddy's bitch ass. <laughs> and so he's just basically dissing Birdman. Um, then he yelled, fuck cash money during a concert in April of 2015. Then he goes on and there's another lawsuit in New Orleans, millions and millions of dollars. Moving on, moving on. Little Wayne, he signs with Title, And so he's basically like trying to, you know, take his music back, get his autonomy back, own his shit. Um, but baby's still acting like a little punk. Uh, and so then the ultimate act of disrespect happens and everybody kind of like, was like, really? So this is what we doing? So they beefing, beefing is when, um, Wayne was performing at a club in Miami, Club Live in Miami in 2015. And baby decided he wanted to throw a drink down on little Wayne while he was performing. And I'm just like, for real? So Baby, you trying to really, so you really want to do this. 
Because at this point, you're, th- you're throwing drinks down onto a stage while this man is performing. So what you trying to do? Because at this point, there's no more love. Now we are enemies. Okay. And so then there was a conspiracy that Birdman and Young Thug conspired to kill Lil Wayne. And that's when I, <laughs> I can remember really think to myself, like, I really don't like Young Thug now. Like, I hate him because how dare you try to kill Lil Wayne? Like, how dare you? You're not even that good of a rapper. This ain't no big, this ain't no big versus Tupac. This is Young Thug versus Lil Wayne. Are you kidding me? Please. Please. And so Birdman sues Jay-Z, entitled for $50 million. Um, basically saying the title stream of the Free Wheezy Project was illegal due to Lil Wayne having no right or license to his music. Um... The list goes on and on. And basically, we're here now. These two have reconciled. They hit the studio together. All that good stuff. So um, I'm glad they're here. But I'm still a little, frankly, I'm a little bit disturbed. Because I'm like, why did we have to do all this? Why did all this have to happen for y'all to finally come back together? Because honestly, Birdman, you dead wrong. You're dead wrong. And I don't know how to feel about you no more. Like, you made us wait all this time for new Lil Wayne music for what? So you could, to do what? What are you doing nowadays? Anyway, but laid up with Tony Braxton. What do you do besides that? And I personally can't even believe Tony is with you. I mean, we're really at the end of our days at this point. But anyway. So long story short, Little Wayne's back. We are, we hope that he's going to continue to be here with us um, for the long term. And we just going to pray on it. Okay. All right. Moving on. I can play with. I want to grow up. Cause maybe if I did, I wouldn't be a Toys R Us kid. Wouldn't be a Toys R Us kid. Toys R Us will live to see another day, people. They are pulling out of the bankruptcy auction, which means they are here for a few more years. And um, the Wall Street Journal reports that Toys R Us their controlling lenders intend to revive the business behind the Toys R Us and Babies R Us brand names. The goal is to create new domestic retail operating businesses while maintaining its licensing of certain products worldwide. According to court documents filed Monday as reported by the journal, the company's lenders decided to reverse the order after speaking to controlling parties and deciding the brand was too valuable to give up. You're damn right. And I think we all need to sue y'all asses. Sue you for trauma and emotional distress. Do you know how devastating it was to see Jeffrey standing up there with his suitcase packed in an empty ass store? Do you know how traumatizing that was for us 80s babies? Well, let me tell you something. We were saddened and disgusted. By the news that Toys R Us was closing down. But now that you all are back. Let's keep it that way. We need our kids and our kids kids to know about Toys R Us. So let's just keep it that way. Anyway. Have you all heard that there's a Boomerang reboot in the works? Yes, that's right. Boomerang. A reboot. Now, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, Lena Waithe. She's a young lady who, where might you have seen her? Um, The Master of None on Netflix. Um, I'm trying to think what else she is on. I'm drawing a blank. That's really weird. But clearly she's been on other things. Um, And Halle Berry, you know who, who she is. They're behind it. Now, Lena Waithe has come out and said that she... Wouldn't exactly call it a reboot, but it's more of a sequel in the form of a television series. But either way, 
I'm still not sure about it. I don't care if it's a reboot, a television series, whatever. Frankly, not sure it's a good idea. And so I'm kind of wondering why creatives in this era have a hard time letting the classics be. Let them lie. Just let them be what they are. Boomerang doesn't need any help. It's good on its own. The movie was made over 20 years ago and it's still relevant. That, my friends, is what you call a classic. Marcus, darling. Who's going to do that? Who's going to play Eartha Kitt? So according to Deadline, Taekwon Richmond, he is the younger brother on Everybody Hates Chris. And Tetona, hope I'm pronouncing her name right, Jackson, um, she apparently starred in All Night, are set as leads in Boomerang. So BT is going to be where all this takes place. Um, and we have a couple of other people. They're kind of newcomers. Leland B. Martin. La La Milan. Um, they're also going to be in the series as regulars. And it's going to be a 10-episode series with half-an-hour episodes. Um, and so, like I said before, Halle Berry and Lena Waithe, they're going to be executive producers. Um, and it's co-produced by BET and Paramount Television. This is obviously based on the 1992 American romantic comedy film, Boomerang. And so the originals were Miss Jacqueline. Um, and Marcus, right? And Marcus was played by Eddie Murphy and Jacqueline was played by, um, Robin Givens. Okay. So in this series for BET, Richmond, Taekwon Richmond, he's going to be Marcus's son and, um, Angela Graham's daughter, um, Titona Jackson. And they're going to try to step out of their parents' shadows and make a legacy of their own. And so Richmond, he's going to be cast as this or portrayed as this resourceful, tough and charming young gentleman. He's going to be raised by a single mother and self-assured that he doesn't hide his um, vulnerability. And so he's very driven and he wants to make his mark on the world. And so Jackson... Um, she plays Simone and she's a beautiful, cool and driven young lady, but to a fault. And she has confidence. She inherited from her father. Um, she's chill. She's down to earth and all that good stuff. And so she's also eager to step out and make a name for herself. So I'm interested to see what happens with this. I personally am not here for it, but I hope that it's good because if it's not Lord, 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 have mercy. You guys better hide from the people on Twitter. Hallie and Lena, y'all better take cover because y'all going to hear it. Y'all going to get an earful. The people, because you know, once you get on Twitter and you get dragged, it's a wrap for you. You might want to go into hiding for a few months because it's not going to be a good look. So um, hopefully things go well. All right. So it's time to talk about Kanye West. You knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. It's time. Kanye West is back at it again And I just I don't know what to say It's like he wants To feel like he's being a good person And doing the right thing But he's just all over the place So recently He decided he was going to go on Saturday Night Live and perform and he cut his performance short to rant about his love of Donald Trump and so he got on there and he was saying oh they're bullying me he had on his MAGA hat make America great again they were bullying me backstage they wanted me to take off my hat that's a form of bullying and prior to that he had gone somewhere and wore the MAGA hat and a Colin Kaepernick shirt. And I was like, you really think this is like some sort of like revolutionary thing that you're doing right now, don't you? You think this is so smart. There's nothing worse than somebody who thinks they're so much smarter than everybody else. And they're like shallow as a kiddie pool. That's Kanye West. It's like you think you're dropping knowledge on us, but really you're not. Because we don't need you to explain to us how good of a person Donald Trump is. He's not a good person. He himself has proven that to us day in and out by his own actions. 
What you need to focus on doing, Mr. Kanye West, is getting yourself together, gathering yourself up, staying on your meds, getting your life together. Worry about what Kim is doing, the stuff that she is saying and doing and posting on the Internet. You keep messing around, Kim going to leave you. Kim is about one. I mean, she's getting fed up. She already said on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, you were bitching because she couldn't find a Band-Aid to match her skin color. So I think she's going to draw a line in the sand soon. I would if I were her anyway. But I just, I want to understand how someone can go from George Bush doesn't care about black people to kissing Donald Trump's ass. It's amazing to me. I don't know what happened. I don't know if they put a chip in you, Kanye. Blink twice if you need help. But this this don't sound right to me. This doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, so an insider told People Magazine that Kanye believes he is fighting dark spiritual forces. And that evil is out to get him. And that he's struggling to get ahead of him, you know, to get back on track. And this is the 11th anniversary of his mother, Donda West's death. And so he could be struggling with that as well. But Kanye has been doing this consistently for a while now. So I don't know if we can even really blame it on his mother's death. But there, he needs help. Clearly, he was diagnosed as bipolar. Um, and while this song plays, it's just so strange to me that he has Stacey Dash in this video, and she also has lost her damn mind. So I don't know if it was the song that did that did it. I don't know what happened that day. I don't know who programmed you both. <laughs> but why are both of y'all crazy? Why are both of y'all Donald Trump fans? That's so weird to me. But anyway, um, so like I said, he recently did a performance, and ever since then, he's been... Um, explaining to us why wearing this MAGA hat is his right and why it's the right thing to do and how he's a free thinker. And my thing is, just because you say the opposite of what the majority thinks, that doesn't mean you're a free thinker. That just sometimes it could just mean you're an asshole or that you're stupid or that you don't know what you're talking about. Sometimes the majority is actually right. The majority, the majority of us feels like Donald Trump Ain't shit. And I'm pretty sure all of us are right. So Kanye, you need to figure out what it is inside of you that's leading you to believe that he is the end all be all. That he's going to help us be great again. What inside of you is telling you that? He keeps talking about he wants to have a dialogue and he wants to reach out to Colin Kaepernick and he wants Colin to speak to the president. He don't want to speak to him. Why does Colin not want to speak to, to Donald? Because he knows nothing will come of that. Everything is not able to be talked through. When you are dealing with a white supremacist and someone who's legit crazy and someone who is a narcissist, there's no getting through to him. And like I said before, Kanye and Donald have a lot of similarities, a lot of similarities. And maybe that's why he likes him so much. But so, of course, we always have people as much as we, hopefully you all out there. Well, maybe I'm not going to say hopefully, because I hope people from all backgrounds and all ideologies listen to me talk. But what I will say is that for me. I'm on the other side. I don't agree with Kanye. I don't agree with anything he's saying. I don't agree with anything Trump says or his administration. I don't agree with anything that they do. But of course, you're always going to have people that do. So Candace Owens, I don't know if you guys know her. You can look her up on Twitter at Real Candace O. That's C-A-N-D-A-C-E. She's a conservative. She's off the hook. She's a black woman. And she and Kanye are like BFFs now because Kanye shouted her out one time and said that he loves the way that she thinks. And it was so weird to everybody because they're like, what? She's an asshole. Like, why do you, what? She's shucking and jiving. So she tweeted, Kanye West is one of the bravest men in Hollywood right now. He was booed off stage last night for openly supporting Trump and telling the truth about the Democrats breaking down black families. Okay. All right, girl. All right. 
And so somebody retweeted and said everyone needs to appreciate Kanye's intellectual courage and his irreverence toward the politically correct herd mentality. This holds true irrespective of whether you support his political positions. Well done, Kanye, for being a free thinker. And that comes from uh, at Gad Sad. That's G-A-D-S-A-A-D. Okay, so here's the thing. Like I said before, just because you break away from what everyone else is saying doesn't mean you're a free thinker. Sure, you may be a contrarian and just doing the opposite just because you don't want to be going with the flow. But that doesn't make you some revolutionary. That doesn't make you more woke than the rest of us. <laughs> it doesn't make you right. So I asked a few black people why they like Trump. I opened up a forum where everyone could just speak openly. And Phil Clancy says, I like Trump because he's like Bush with his words. Whatever that means, don't know. I'm not going to try to figure it out. Angela Pruitt says, I'm not a Trump supporter by any means. However, based upon my tax bracket, his tax policies have definitely been beneficial. Even though I make the same amount I have been, it's almost as if I've gotten a raise as less taxes are taken out of my check. I'm not mad at that at all. I'm just mad that Trump's a racist asshat. So basically what I'm hearing is you get a little coins, I'm happy, but... Stevie Wonder to everything else that's going on out there. Got it. Um, A young man who wants to remain anonymous as he is serving in the military says, you know, I think 3% less you're not paying isn't permanent. It expires in 2020. And you do know that in the tax plan, rich people still pay less than you do. There's no loopholes for the middle class and their taxes are permanent. So you believe the more you make, the less you pay. And this is in response to what Angela said. Sad, but this is how most view this give. This is how most view this. Give them a few dollars. They fail to see the big picture. I get bigger bonuses because he's there, but to ignore all that's wrong because I get a yearly 3% raise and bigger bonuses is why America is all messed up. All my family isn't in the military that favored. Amari Evans says black Trump supports black Trump supporters, aka black neo Nazis. What a time to be alive. Brandon Todd says, my life has not changed since Trump was elected. Elected officials don't govern my destiny. Trump has done nothing drastically that has severely affected the general populace. <clears throat> okay. but the trend is to hate and hate anything that associates with what you hate it's rappers promoting way more actual damaging messages what people need to ask is when did they become so weak-minded that a hat can offend them i want to say some stuff but i'm not because i don't have i don't have time the time that i would need to dedicate to this is just going to make this podcast way longer than it needs to be so but i will say words mean things Symbols mean things. And if you wear a hat that has now become a symbol of division and hate, you have to answer for that, period. If you support a man who is blatantly racist, as he has kept black people from renting his property in the past, as he led the charge, the very racist charge on the um, Central Park Five, Five innocent boys who were accused of rape, black boys. He um, put out a newspaper ad to have them locked up and have the death penalty um, exercised in their case. I mean, the list goes on and on. Saying that um, Haiti is a shithole country. Countries in Africa are shithole countries and that immigrants should not come from there. That more people from Europe should come over here. Aligning yourself with white supremacists and white nationalists such as Steve Bannon. I mean, the list goes on and on. So for you to say that Donald Trump hasn't done any damage, I think you're being willfully ignorant. Because I'm not going to believe you're that naive. (laughs) You're just being willfully ignorant. And that's that. All right, so moving on to Bill Cosby because this is a hot topic that we just have, we just got to talk about it. Um, It's been all up and through the news and he's finally going to jail. 
So on September 25th, the judge in the Cosby case sentenced him to three to 10 years in state prison. Um, he was designated a sexually violent predator. And so this happened in Pennsylvania, Norristown, Pennsylvania. Um, he was denied bail. And so <clears throat> there was a two-day court hearing um, attended by about a dozen women who accused Cosby of sexual assault, um, including Constand, who he was convicted of assaulting. So she was the case that actually stood out and that he was convicted for. And so I have to admit, when I saw his mugshot, I was like, my heart broke. My heart broke. And I have to remind people that this is a layered issue. You can think that what Cosby did was wrong and still be heartbroken by the fact that it was him and that he did something like this and that it's okay to say, I looked up to him. It's okay to say that I enjoyed the Cosby show and that I still enjoy the Cosby show. That's okay. Both things can be true. I can like Bill Cosby. I can respect what he did for art and for the culture and for black people. And I can also understand that what he did was wrong and it was predatory and that he should be held accountable. Um, so how did this all start? Let me take you back. So Hannibal Burris, he's a comedian. I'm sure <clears throat> many of you might know him. Um, he had been doing some stand-up. And he made a joke about Bill Cosby. And so in an interview later with Howard Stern, um, the joke was kind of around um, Cosby putting something or drugging women or something of that nature. And he basically said, it's just information that's been out there. And so it just so happens that night while he was on the stage, an audience member filmed the joke. And so the joke actually went viral. And that kind of is what kicked everything off. And so in 2004, Andrea um, or Andrea Constad, that's the lady who um, he was convicted of assaulting, says that Cosby um, assaulted her at his home. And so he maintains his innocence still. But then that's when all the floodgates opened. That's when women on top of women on top of women started coming out and saying, hey, he assaulted me. He raped me. And, you know, we got up to 60 women. 60 women. So, you know, once we get to 60, it's like, okay, where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, And so... Let me see. I'm trying to follow the timeline here. So we have a lady named Jane Doe who came out. Um, that's her name in the paperwork. Her actual name was Beth Ferrier, I believe. Then we have a young lady um, by the name of Tamara Green. And these are the women who kind of kicked everything off. Um, and so the list just kept growing and growing. And so everyone has been... This has been an issue that has really divided like friendships, homes, workplaces, everywhere. I mean, people are really divided on this issue because of who Cosby was and who we saw him as. Yeah, so I, I'm just going to say who we saw him as because obviously we don't know who he really was. And that's what I want people to understand. Bill Cosby is different from Heath, um, Heathcliff Huxtable. They're different. Mr. Huxtable is a character. Bill Cosby is a real man with real issues. Okay? And so I think we need to be able to separate the two. And I think a lot of people are having trouble doing that. And so while this was going on, and even before, we, we saw Bill Cosby himself make a mockery of everything. He laughed in the courtroom. He did stupid little dances. And even back in um, <clears throat> 1969 on one of his co comedy albums called It's True, It's True, he talks about Spanish Fly. 
And so Spanish fly, if anybody knows what it is, if you don't, I'm about to tell you. Um, it's a substance um, that people, men would drop in women's drinks. And Cosby said he'd been interested in acquiring Spanish fly since childhood. And um, basically, uh, he's quoted as saying, boy, if I had a whole jug of Spanish fly, I'd knock that whole corner out right there. He said, boys would think if they saw five girls standing alone, they just dropped some Spanish fly in her drink. And so um, it's just really strange that he talked that way so openly and so freely. And, you know, too, back in the day, those things, those are the kind of conversations that men had out loud. It was the norm. That was something that you could say and do in the workplace. You could be sexually overt. You could harass women. It was okay to harass women. And when I say okay, obviously I don't mean okay, but that was the culture. That was the climate at the time. And so Bill um, Cosby actually went on to Larry King. I know some of you may know Larry King on CNN. And he and Larry were talking about Spanish fly. And Cosby said, there's a thing about Spanish fly. Do you know anything about Spanish fly? And Larry King says, when we were kids, we used to. And then Cosby cuts him off and says, there you go. There you go. That's all. I just wanted the recognition. King says, yes. Cosby says, Spanish fly. King says, we knew what it was. And Cosby says, Spanish fly was a thing that all boys from age 11 up to death, up on to death, we still will be searching for Spanish fly. King laughs and he said, that's right. Cosby goes on to say, the old story was, if you took a little drop, it was on the head of a, and King finishes his sentence and says, pen. Cosby says, pen, that's right. And you put it in a drink. King goes on to say, that's right. Drop it in her Coca-Cola. It don't matter. And Cosby says, it doesn't make any difference. And the girl would drink it and, King says, and she's yours. Cosby says, hello, America. And there's a story in there about Spanish fly. So I think that everybody, any guy picking it up, will have a ball reading about that. And so this is happening on live TV. This is an interview that happened on air. Two men going back and forth, talking about essentially drugging women to have sex with them nobody said a peep i don't think anybody thought twice about it nobody blinked an eye that conversation could not happen on tv today and that's a good thing but i think some people have a problem with that some people are like oh, everybody's so politically correct you're damn right when it comes to things like that these are things that you should not say because that enables and encourages rape culture so anyway, um, one of the male juries on the Cosby case went on Good Morning America and said basically he was convinced of Cosby's guilt because of his own words. He said it was in his deposition, really. Um, he said Mr. Cosby admitted to giving these quaaludes to women, young women, in order to have sex with them. And if it were just that easy and if people would just see that for what it is, we wouldn't be having these debates, but people are literally going against what Bill Cosby said out of his own mouth to try to defend him. They're bending over backwards, doing mental gymnastics to try to defend a man who has incriminated himself. So in his defense, of course, his wife came out and said um, that this was mob justice. This is not real justice. She says the media is portraying an innocent man to be something he's not. Um, I believe his daughter came out and spoke in his defense as well. So as time went on, <laughs> this is when the media started really working full time. And this, this was in the news cycle, like almost 24-7. And, you know, more and more women started to come out. Social media started to go crazy. And so for the first time in a century, the University of Pennsylvania revoked an honorary degree. So they revoked his degree. Okay. 
So that was the first thing to happen. And so then other universities were asked, hey, are you going to revoke his degree? Are you going to revoke his degree? And so Yale University said in 2003 that they're not going to do that. They have a longstanding practice of not doing so, and they're not going to revoke his degree. John Hopkins University followed suit and said they would not be rescinding their degree. Now, I think universities have the right to do what they want in those instances. I somewhat lean to toward the... I really don't know where I lean, actually. But what I will say is, I want to know if it's possible to separate the man from the artist. Can he have received an honorary degree for his work and still be a man who sexually assaulted women? Can you separate the two? I understand that people feel as though Bill Cosby is a father-like figure. And I feel like that's part of the reason why so many people have been going out of their way to defend Bill Cosby, despite the mountain of evidence that stands before us. And so, um, oh yeah, I want to give the quote from his daughter as well. In a statement in 2017, she said, I know that my father loves me. This is Evan Cosby. Um, I know that my father loves me, loves my sisters and my mother. He loves and respects women. He is not abusive, violent, or a rapist. And of course, that's what you have to say in defense of your father. You know, of course, your father isn't a rapist or abusive towards you. Right? Of course, you don't see him that way. And hopefully he would never come off that way to you. But you can't speak for what he did when you weren't around. You can't speak for what he did to other women. But you did what you, I guess, what your instinct is. And that's to defend your father. So, of course, people on Twitter. Hunted proof. He says, fuck the Kardashians. Bill Cosby not guilty. Black men don't cheat. We move on. I don't know what that means. I don't know what the Kardashians have to do with this, but... Anyways, Jay Reed, 2014, black people who are celebrating this racially biased guilty verdict against Bill Cosby don't fully understand the ramifications this has for all black men. Cops kill unarmed and innocent black men on camera are not found guilty, but a case based on hearsay by a white woman guilty. Tim D. Clinton, it's amazing how the justice system can find evidence from 30 years ago to to convict Bill Cosby, but can watch a white cop kill a black man on HD video and find him not guilty. Tiffany E., Bill Cosby is not guilty. It's really sad. Going on and on and on. DJ Super Online says he stands by Bill Cosby. Cosby wanted a TV network, so suddenly he became a problem. And so these are people speaking up in defense of Bill Cosby. Um, And K. Michelle spoke up recently. K. Michelle versus Amber Rose, of all people. Amber Rose posted on her Instagram page once the verdict was out. She said, man, fuck the fact that he's old and fuck the fact that he was on TV. He's a sexual predator, just like Trump and Harvey. I hope they get their day as well. So y'all are going to sit here and tell me that all of these women are lying? F-O-H. Which means fuck out of here. If Bill Cosby raped and drugged any of you women slash men that I've been seeing on the internet standing up for this rapist or your mamas, you would be scared to say something too because you would assume that no one would believe you. Shit, I would actually be scared to say something because his entire life he has been put in such a positive light. That's what he got away with. That's why he got away with it for so long. We should be praising these women for showing us exactly who he is. I hope he doesn't die in jail. I hope he does the full 10 years and then dies the day he gets out. Ooh. Justice is finally served. Shame the rapists, not the survivors. Bye. Of course, you caught hell for that post. And Kay Michelle, who does nothing but troll people on the internet. Um, she has a lovely voice. I don't know why she just doesn't use it to sing. And stop being so trifling. But she came out of the woodworks to say, 
You have no room to speak out on Bill Cosby or any black man for that matter. Being the only thing you've done is suck dick. <laughs> Hoo child. They love to fucking destroy our people and y'all so gullible you just sit there and help them. Okay, Michelle, be quiet, girl. <laughs> be quiet. Because you're the same person who came out and said you were abused by Toya Wright's ex. Uh, I forget his name. You said you were abused and nobody believed you and you were on TV crying. So stop it. Stop it. I can't with you. <sighs> anyway, Joe Budden has a new show called State of the Culture. Remy Ma is a co-host. A young lady named Scotty Beam was on the show as well. Um, they were talking about Cosby's conviction. And Remy has something to say. Her and Papoose, her husband, have been very open about the fact that they don't believe Bill, Clint, uh, Bill Clinton. <laughs> Both of them got a, a sketchy pass. Bill Cosby were guilty. Um, she says, besides the women accusing him, Oh, no, that's not what she said. I'm lying, y'all. <laughs> I'm on the wrong line. She says, I'm defending people that have been done wrong, not only by the system and by people that lie, people that go on bandwagons. She said, I'm not saying that every one of them is lying. Yes, 60 women came out. But when I sat there and listened to them, I feel that some of them were lying. I feel like some of them are not telling the truth. The higher up you are in the public eye, especially when your skin is this color, they love to tear people and bring them down. It is the other way, if it was the other way around, when you start naming the Donald Trumps and Weinsteins and the Matt Lowers, had it been 60 women with 50 of them being white women, do you think there would be white women like, yes, yes, he did it? No, they wouldn't. They'd be sitting here saying the same thing I'm saying. As women, we need to be able to stand up a little bit more. Don't be scared to come out and then you won't have to worry. I'm a woman. You think I've never been in a situation where a dude tried to take advantage of me, but I'm going to say something. First of all, there's so many things wrong with that comment. First of all, you're victim blaming. You're saying you should have spoke up. Remy, I ain't never heard you come forward with no allegations. So what are you talking about? You would speak up. Who did you tell? What happened? And not to say it has to be public, but you've never spoken up before. You never said anything before. <coughs> And what people are trying to do is make this a black and white thing. And I get it. The white men are not in jail. Bill Cosby's in jail. But look how long it took to convict him. This was 2004 when the, the first woman came out. I'm sure many women have said something before, probably in the 70s. But this is the first thing time we've heard about it. 2004. It's 2018. Okay, <laughs> let that sink in first. Second of all. This is not about black and white. I'm sorry. It's just not. This is about right and wrong. He's guilty. He's guilty. Whether Weinstein goes to jail or not, he still did the crime. Whether he sexually assaulted one woman or 100 women, he still sexually assaulted a woman. Therefore, he is a sexual assaulter. He's a predator. Period. Ain't no getting around it. No matter how you try to spin it, no matter how you try to loop it around, it is what it is, sis. And for you to get up on there and act like you just don't know what's going on, that's crazy to me. So the young lady, Scotty Beam, shared her story of rape or sexual assault. And she's been getting, like, slandered all over Twitter. They're telling her that she was too emotional describing what happened to her and all this other stuff. And it was crazy to see people like just really drag her online for sharing her story. And this is exactly why women don't come out because of stuff like this. So I did a little research because I really wanted to clear up this whole narrative about Bill Cosby buying NBC. So from a New York Times paper, uh, 1992, here's the brief story. Norman Brokaw, the chief executive of the William Morris Agency and Mr. Cosby's personal agent for 30 years, confirmed that he had discussed Mr. Cosby's intention to make an offer for NBC. With the network's president, they flew to New York and Mr. Wright told him, I told 
Bill. Um, he's definitely interested in buying NBC. And Mr. Wright eventually said that NBC is not for sale. For more than two years, NBC had been the subject of continuing rumors that it was for sale. Um, especially because their ratings had been into, in steep decline. Mr. Cosby, ha- Cosby had decided to fully pursue a deal for NBC. He met with a lawyer to discuss details of the purchase. But one senior NBC executive who spoke on condition of being anonymous said that Mr. Brokaw had exaggerated the seriousness of the discussions with Mr. Wright, who, of course, was the executive at NBC. So this whole conversation had been a bit exaggerated. So we really don't know what happened. We don't know if Bill Cosby was ever close to buying NBC. Um, when we talked about Bill Cosby's net worth at the time and how much it would have cost to purchase NBC, just it just didn't look reasonable. But even if he was trying to buy NBC in 1992... What does that have to do with allegations in 2004? (laughs) In 2018? Nothing. In 1992, Kazi was still living his best life. His, uh, His decision to try to purchase NBC had no effect on his life. He was still living his best life. We were still listening to him give speeches and listening to his shows and they we damn sure weren't weren't canceling bill cosby so what is the point stop bringing up this nbc stuff it's foolish i'm over it and so um this conversation could go on and on and on but it's crazy how bill cosby um people are really going hard for him but we forget the conversation that bill cosby had the pound cake conversation and the pull up your pants conversation and while i really agree with pulling up your pants because that shit is trash don't walk around with your pants hanging off your ass um a lot of the things that he said were in a way super elitist and anti-black if y'all go listen to um some of his speeches when he was going on his college tour or wherever he was, I don't know what he was doing, giving these speeches about how black people in America need to get their life together. Go listen to some of that stuff. <laughs> That'll tell you who Mr. Cosby really was. Um, But I got an anonymous quote from someone. They didn't want me to say their name because the people that listen to this show, they got jobs and stuff. They got real important stuff to do. So they can't be all up on this podcast giving their real opinions but this is a really good quote and don't get me wrong I do think this conversation deserves some nuance it deserves like I said before it has layers so I don't believe it's black and white I do believe that there are some women who may lie about sexual assault but I think that number is very small I think that number is very minuscule it's probably like one percent so like 90 plus percent of women that come forward are typically telling the truth Let's be clear about that. But I think this is a conversation that we need to continue to have. So here's a quote from a man. Um, And like I said, he's anonymous. He says, you got one group of potential past victims saying, believe what is being said because we're rarely believed, which makes them, which makes complete sense. At the same time, and I wish I had data to support this, but it feels like the intersection that is often falsely accused for wrongdoing of all varieties is black men. Now you have a conundrum to think about. You got the victimized group that is rarely believed versus the group that is seemingly most often falsely accused of wrongdoing. Tough stuff to unpack. And I sincerely agree with that because you have two sides arguing a case that sometimes it's not even really about the case that they're arguing. It's about personal feelings. Um, So, I think that's really something that we have to um, continue to think on. All right. (sighs) Moving on to funnier things. Tiffany Haddish. Let's talk about our girl. Is Tiffany Haddish funny? That is the question that has just been floating around. I feel like for the past few weeks, ever since Cat Williams went on his tirade. It's like, is Tiffany Haddish really funny? I don't know. Like, is she or is she ain't? See, me personally, 
I don't think she's all that funny. I enjoyed her in Girls Trip. I watched a stand-up of her on, um, I believe it was show, a while back. Um, I chuckled, like I said before. I don't think she's hysterical. Personally, I find Monique to be funnier. Maybe it's my style of humor. I don't know. I actually find Cat Williams to be funnier. He's really funny to me. I don't like the way he's going at Tiffany. And I think that's a problem I have. I feel like don't publicly say this about Tiffany. She's getting her coins. She's living her best life. Why try to drag her down in the public eye? That's my problem with the whole situation. So what I did, though, was I opened up the floor for discussion on whether Tiffany Haddish was funny or not. Is she funny? So here's some of the responses that I got. White people think she's funny because that's how they see black women. When I got that response, I was like, ouch, that hurts. Because maybe, maybe there's some, you might be on to something with that one. I don't know. Only time will tell. Another person says she stacks up against all the rest of the female comedians on stage and screen. Black woman, black or otherwise, period. So yeah, she's funny. Somebody else says, I've never laughed at anything she's ever said or done. She's definitely funny to a large amount of people, though. This comment I completely agree with. This person says, I hope she expands her role like Taraji did because Tiff is playing the same role in every movie. Then I had a couple of straight up no's like, nah, nope, mm -mm, she ain't funny. Never been funny. Ain't never seen funny. Don't look funny. Some people just like, hell no. Somebody said, I'm all for Tiffany Haddish. I respect her hustle, but I wouldn't call her a comedian. Somebody says, what's weird is everybody's opinions about her comedy when we were the ones who made her as big as she is. Good point. Good point. She ready. We ate that up in the beginning, didn't we? Now it's just like, could you stop saying she ready? Could you stop? And the last comment was, no, I don't think she's funny, but I am happy for her. And I feel like that's a nice comment. That's exactly how I feel. No, I don't think you're funny, but do your thing, girl. Get your bag. So a little known fact about Tiffany Haddish is that she was actually going to be on Flavor of Love before she found out that the love interest was Flavor Flav. And I cannot stop thinking about this. Like, I am just like, what? Our lives would have been so much different if Tiffany Haddish was on Flavor of Love. Like, how would that have worked out? Can you imagine her and Tiffany Pollard, a.k.a. New York, going head to head? Like, I just can't. Like, whoa. But... She said no, she was not about to be a part of the Flavor Flav bandwagon. And I don't blame her. So the moral of this story is there's always going to be some critics. There's always going to be somebody who doesn't like what you're doing. But continue to do what you do because somebody going to like it. Ain't that right, Tiffany? All right. Moving on to... My don't act like you forgot portion of the show. This is when I remind people about stuff they try to act like they forgot about. I remind them about people who are the bomb. Who, and I remind them about movies that are the bomb. I remind them about songs that are the bomb. And I'm saying the bomb because obviously I'm stuck in the 90s. So I appreciate throwback things. <laughs> and so my don't act like you forgot this week is Tiffany New York Pollard. Because let's be clear, she is the greatest reality show star of all time. Nobody can shade someone quite like her. She created it. That is her lane. She stays in it. She's good at it. She has done so much for reality television. Let's be clear, she was willing to lay up with Flavor Flav to get us good television. That was a sacrifice. She sacrificed for us all in the name of entertainment. What a queen. New York walks so loving hip-hop stars could run. She did the dirty work. 
So I need everyone to be thankful. I need everyone to give New York the respect that she needs. I would love to see a show from her now. Actually, I need to see a reality show with New York on it. Period. Queen of reality TV, New York. Thank you, man, for all that you've done. Thank you for your contributions to the culture. Just for fun, I'm going to give us a few New York quotes to live by. The first quote, I look better than you making your exit. (laughs) Cute next to gorgeous. Gorgeous is going to, you know, devour cute. I was bored, so I purposely ruined lunch and had fun doing it. Good morning to you, 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 you. Not you. You can choke. After you stole my coat, I did a little research. You're a whore. I was never a child. As soon as I popped out of my mom, I just was in the know. (laughs) New York is really crazy, and that's why I love her so much. I love her. She got some plastic surgery that's questionable, but I still love her to this day. All right, and this is the part of the show that I love because it just kind of mellows everything out, right? It's Karma's Corner. Karma's Corner message today is it's not too late. I was listening to Oprah's Soul Conversations the other day and she said, at 29, you're just entering it. At 29, you're just entering it. Oprah was 32 when the Oprah Winfrey show aired. Up until then, she was just doing the work. She was doing what she needed to do to get to where she wanted to be. And I feel like a lot of us at whatever age it is, feel like it's too late. It's too late to pursue the things we want to pursue. It's too late to achieve the goals that we want to achieve. But I'm here to tell you, it's never too late. You have to follow your dreams, regardless of your age, regardless of the timing, because what's for you is going to be for you. So it's never too late to pursue your passion, never too late to pursue your purpose, never too late to come into yourself. So don't give up on yourself before before you cross the finish line. All right? So in the words of Oprah, it's never too late. Keep it pushing. All right? And if you have any questions for me, you can reach me by email at nofilterpodcast101 at gmail.com. You can find me on social media at Karma Jones. That's K-A-R-M-A. J-O-N-E-Z. And as usual, I've had a blast and I'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.